I needed that. Thank you, Micah. Welcome to PCC, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ, living out God's love and transforming community by the Holy Spirit. Got a couple announcements I want to draw your attention to. One, we have guest conductor Ryan over there. Round of applause, please. Thank you for filling in for our faithful and amazing Cornell. Also, Amy. Uh, is across the way. She is at St. Peter's by the Sea preaching uh, for Stephen Wright. And Stephen Wright's on that road to, you know that road they made a movie about, The Way, with Martin Sheen. Anybody know? The Santiago. Yeah. And uh, anyway, Amy's preaching and we're praying for her. It's World Communion Sunday, and that's happening even over there. It's also World Communion Sunday, as you might, well, you'll see a bunch of bread come out of nowhere. It's pretty amazing. And this is Staff Appreciation Month. Um, 
So starting next week, September 8th and September 15th, there'll be two weeks of stuff in the fellowship hall, just stuff to write notes. And there'll be pictures of all the staff. You can write like friendly notes. Um, And then the 22nd, we'll appreciate and recognize the staff in the worship service. Anything else? Oh, right after the service, we're going to enjoy soup. And we're going to start beginning to box up Operation Christmas Child. We'll hear more about that after our opening hymn from Carlina. I think that's enough. There's plenty of stuff left to read while I'm preaching. Uh, let's greet each other with the Holy Fitzma. I got some good news and I got some bad news. The good news is we're about to worship the Lord in spirit and the truth. The bad news is if you're already seated, you're going to have to stand back up. So please stand with me for our call to worship. And our call to worship this morning comes from the lectionary psalm, and I'll be reading from Psalm 25 out of the King James. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my voice and my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let not me be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Let's worship the Christ in which there is found no east or west. to come forward to introduce us or reintroduce us to Operation Christmas Child. I think she's got a couple. Of, yeah, round of applause. She does tons of work. Good morning. So um, to start our kickoff, I'd like to start with a video. My hope for the country is bright because once we reach the children and the youth with the gospel, we have a bright future. 
That box represents not only what somebody's going to be receiving, but what somebody is giving. Yeah, I think the, the vision of, of the church is that each person matters to God and each person matters to us. And so the way that we communicate to people that they matter is, uh, is, with, is with kindness. Gift boxes have been a blessing in more ways than one. It was easy then to preach that Jesus cares. It was easy to show them that Jesus really loves you. And this is only a small way in which he's demonstrating his love. One of the amazing things about Operation Christmas Child is that we uh, do our mission in a tangible way to needed children around the globe and together with the local church. And that is a very critical part. It is by empowering, by entrusting, by training uh, the local church, children are important for God because it brings God's name forward. It brings the name of Jesus Christ forward. It's getting people locally to think globally. It's a simple way for people to think about the world and not just think about it, but actually do something. So um, we already have 50 uh, empty shoe boxes out in the narthex ready to be packed with school supplies, personal items, um, toys, anything you can think of that would make a child happy. Um, so there's 50 in the Narthex. We've got another 40 empty ones in the fellowship hall because we're doing a packing party uh, after worship. Um, our goal is to do 40 boxes. And this is from all the items we've collected over the course of the year. All the items that went into that blue bin, we're gonna be using those items to pack shoe boxes today. So please, everyone can pack a shoe box, come join us. Everyone's welcome to pack a box. Last year, our church actually packed 386 shoeboxes. That was just our church alone. So, pretty good. Um, also, PCC will be serving as a drop-off location again this year. Uh, November 13th through November 20th, we'll be working out of room five, and we'll be collecting shoeboxes from Costa Mesa, Newport Beach, anywhere, from anywhere. Anyone can come in and drop off their shoeboxes. We will be putting them into cartons, and then the cartons are then driven to Huntington Beach. So we will need volunteers. I'll have sign-up sheets over the next few weeks. If you want to uh, come help out that week, that would be great. If you don't want to lift anything or do anything physical, we need uh, people who can pray over the shoeboxes or greet people as they come in. Any kind of help would be, would be really appreciated. You don't have to lift a finger. We have, we have many uh, roles for our volunteers. Um, couple other things. In terms of uh, things to pack into shoeboxes, I wanted to bring up a couple of items you may not think of, especially for older uh, boys and girls. For boys, or maybe for girls too, you can put tools in your shoeboxes. A hammer, a screwdriver, nails. A lot of times when, when um, kids get these boxes, they can actually go get jobs or work because they have tools. Or small fishing kits. I've seen fishing kits where you take an old prescription bottle, take the label off, and you can put fishing kit items in there. Or for girls, you could do a manicure set, a sewing kit. So just things to think about, like outside the box to go in the box. Um, <laughs> little, little things. You, I mean, I, I never thought of tools myself, and then it was like brought to my attention. I'm like, that's a really good idea, especially for an, a teenage boy. So... Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is packaging. 
for instance, I have this cute little, um, little doll, right? What I'm going to do is I'm going to take it out of the packaging. So I'm not sending it. First of all, you can pack more in your shoebox if you take it out of the packaging. And then we're not sending trash. We're sending the actual gift inside. And then, you know, so you can recycle it or do whatever. But at least you're not sending the packaging. So whatever you can take out of packaging is really, really appreciated. And then finally, um, there was a little misprint on the, um, the bulletin this week. Um, it's not $220, $220 per shoebox. <laughs> it's a suggested donation. It's, um, it's $10. $10 is a suggested donation. That, uh, <laughs> that takes care of shipping and handling and then um, gospel materials. It, you know, each child gets a little booklet in their shoebox. Um, it's just talking about Jesus and introducing them to Jesus. So it's, it's actually $10 per shoebox. Um, so that, that's enough of, of me speaking. I'd like to finish with one more uh, video. Uh, I've actually shown this video before uh, here. I think I showed it a few years ago. But it's really impactful. And it shows how just in this uh, instance, it's a bar of soap that someone received and what it meant to him. And, um, and his road to, to know and love Jesus Christ. So I'd just like to finish off with the one more video. Thank you. Hi, my name is Zhenya. I grew up in an orphanage. Once a month, we would drive to the pu a public bathhouse where we bathed. And between my age group of 30 kids, we shared one bar of soap. So at age 12, Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes came to our orphanage. One of my friends, he came rushing to me. He said, hey, you know, we got the boxes. <laughs> but specifically, what was most important to me, it had a bar of soap in it and a washcloth. And I specifically remember it was Irish Spring. It was special. But not only that, it was my own. At age of 14, I was adopted to, uh, to Texas by a family. And that's where I learned of the people who packed the shoeboxes and their love to give um, to the kids through a shoebox. And through that, I knew God was real and he was working to bring love and joy to those kids the kids who needed. I immediately wanted to get involved with it, and I did. I packed two boxes that, that first year, and, uh, and I wrote a letter. And I just simply said, long ago, I received one of these shoe boxes. Jesus loves you. So I hope that you would do the same.
Grace is simply defined as God giving us something we do not deserve. And mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Remember that our Lord can sympathize with us in our weaknesses, since in every respect he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with boldness approach the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in that time of need. Let us now confess our sins against God and neighbor. Merciful God, in your gracious presence, we confess our sin and the sin of this world. Although Christ is among us as our peace, we are a people divided against ourselves as we cling to the values of a broken world. The profit and pleasures we pursue lay waste the land and pollute the seas. The fears and jealousies that we harbor set neighbor against neighbor and nation against nation. We abuse your good gifts of imagination and freedom, of intellect and reason, and have turned them into bonds of oppression. Lord, have mercy upon us. Heal and forgive us. Set us free to serve you in the world as agents of your reconciling love in Jesus Christ. Amen. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. 
He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might be dead to sin and alive to all that is good. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Stand.
Excellent, 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 amazing, amazing, amazing. We continue in our series on Psalms, Songs from the Heart. It's extremely personal. We're going back to Psalm 133. Um, well, actually, forward because we did 40 last week, but we're going back to Psalms of Ascent, which is where we started. And um, a couple things right before the scripture, actually, just one thing before the scripture. Um, a youth pastor for a long time, college pastor for a long time. Missions pastor for a little time. If I ever wanted to create team, I think the fastest and easiest way to create team or unity or family or church or world communion or is to get in a van and drive around. You don't even necessarily go anywhere. Just just driving a van, road tripping, is essential. It's, a, it, it's, it's something that glues faster than anything else. And rec- recognize that this psalm is as all the people of God at this point, the Hebrew nation, the Jews, were ascending up to Jerusalem singing. These are road trip songs. They're unifying songs. And this is probably the most direct celebration of what we call church and what the Jews called the people of God. Um, Psalm 133. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is precious like the... It is like the precious oil on the head, running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord is ordained. The Lord ordained his blessing, life, life forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, preach through me. May my words drop to the ground. May your words hang in the air and teach us. And all God's people said, that was a deep breath for Lloyd. I am promising right here, right now, not to scream at you. I'm going to deep, I'm going to, yes, there it is. And maybe the airplanes overhead will fill in for my screaming, right? Anybody hear that one? That was kind of fresh right there. Um, Okay, World Communion Sunday. Looking at Psalm 133. I'll start with, my translation says, How very good and pleasant it is. Other translations say, How beautiful. How wonderful. That's where the title comes from. How wonderful. How beautiful. When you hear those phrases, does any other scripture come to your mind? 
That's excellent. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I think of Philippians. The end of Philippians, where Paul is talking to the church at Philippi, who he loves so, so much. He's just mentioned how he thinks about them, and he cries about these, this outpost of God's kingdom as they struggle to live out their call in the midst of a wild world. And he says, I'll give you a tip, man, and woman. Whatever's beautiful... Whatever's wonderful, whatever's lovely, fill your mind with those things. Fill up your tank and force all other thoughts other than the unity and how beautiful the unity of the church is. That's how the psalmist begins this psalm. Let's do that right now. Think about all the times you've seen the body of Christ be the body of Christ. Let it seep into those corners that are grumpy, that are angry, that are resentful, that are bitter. Let those thoughts wash inside of you so much so that everything else is forced out. Take a big, that's what my mom would always do. Anyway, this is, that's a conversation with me and Malia later. I just had an amazing vision of my mom. Anyway, thank you, Jesus, for that. I was at a wedding. I was at a family wedding just a few years ago. It was at the reception. There were spirits being poured. There were people slightly inebriated. I would, I'm not one of them. I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't partaking this evening. I was a designated driver, but I was at this thing. When this giant man, about 6'8", and I'm pretty big, but he was 6'8", and he had a full beard, and he gets in my face. His nose is almost touching my nose, and he goes, I outbeard you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then he points at Malia's cousin, Eric, who's been growing a beard since he was four years old. <laughs> and, and he goes, that guy outbeards everybody. <laughs> Has anybody noticed there's this trend of beard growing? You know, you want to know the origin of where I started growing my beard? My mom died in 2003, 20 years ago, October 30th. From 2004 till now, I grew a beard in October. Somewhere along the way, I gained a little weight. And I found that the beard hides a lot of face. <laughs> but I'll especially grow my beard a little longer in October. I was walking in Target the other day, and I was recognizing there was a whole aisle for men's beard stuff. And so my buddy said, you know what you need to try? This buddy outbeards me currently. He says, 
you need to try this stuff. It's called beard oil. And I'm saying, I'm a week in, and I'm feeling the difference, and I like it. I'm just going to leave that there to remind everybody how good God is. Because that's this first image that the psalmist uses to capture how good the unity of God is and how beautiful it is when the family of God comes together and does what they're supposed to. He gets this, you get this picture of this priestly figure being drenched with oil. And it's coming down the collar. I wore a collar just for this reason. It's, it drenches over the collar. And then it drenches off the beard. Like I said, I, I love the book that e- Eugene Peterson wrote on these Psalms of Ascent. It's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And out of this chapter in which he's talking about this, he notes first, when you come to Christ, you are a part of a church. It doesn't matter whether you go or not to a local outpost, you are a part of a church. It takes a church to raise a Christian like my Todd Bolsinger wrote a little while ago. And he says, we are priests. We are priests to one another, priests and priestesses to one another. And he says, living together means seeing the oil flow over the head, down the face, through the beard, onto the shoulders of the other. And when I see that, I know that my my brother, my sister is my priest. When we see the other as God's anointed, our relationships are profoundly affected. Do you hear that, Ann? Sorry to keep picking on you. Last week, I, I, she said, I don't know the song that Jason says I want me to sing. It, it was a, it's another story. Do you hear that, Terry? You see the, the oil roll down off of Steve's outbearding me and spilling out over to you. Right? We're priests and priestesses, people. We're supposed to be focusing how lovely and how beautiful it is to be this. And we're supposed to be celebrating how beautiful and how wonderful it is that we are one another's priests. We're in this together. Mike, your wins are my wins. Karen, thanks for coming back across the country. The things that God blesses you with and dumps upon you overflow and fill up my cup, and God, I need it. What's the second illustration he uses? The psalmist. Anybody ever camp? I'm looking at Patty. 
Anybody ever camp? Anybody ever camp at high elevation? I remember I was a young lad, young teen lad, and my family, my dad was insisting on teaching me how to like outdoor stuff. And we were in, well, I lived in Massachusetts. I grew up in Massachusetts. It's a long story. But I was in Massachusetts at this time, and we would go to New Hampshire, and we would go to Vermont, and we would just go on these trails that nobody's on, and you go up and you hike, and you pitch a tent in the middle of nowhere, and you put a rain fly on. And I'm like, why would you even put a rain fly on? And he says, you'll see, son. I said, okay. We get in the tent, and we're all sleeping. And he says, don't touch the sides of the tent. Don't touch the sides of the tent and touch the tent with the rain fly. My dad has an authority in his voice, so I do not touch the tent. We sleep, and then we're waking up and about to get out and get breakfast, And my dad says, do you know why we put the rain fly on? And I said, absolutely not. It did not rain. (laughs) And he said, watch this. And he touches the tent to the rain fly. And drips of water starts dripping into the tent. Every morning, dew falls. How is the psalmist using this illustration? Every morning, God's mercies are new. He's as relentless as the ocean waves. His blessings keep coming. Whether you notice it or not, every morning, Every one of us. It also says in the scriptures, his blessings fall the same on the righteous and the wicked. There's a great Christian metal band called Stave Saker, and they have that as a lyric. And it says, the blessings of the Lord fall on the righteous and the wicked. What does that mean? I don't know. All I know is it covers me. All I know is it covers me. Win, lose, or draw, God's blessings are falling on all of us. Then that last little phrase. What's that last little phrase? Anybody got their Bibles open still? right on the heels of we're each other's priests and the Lord's blessings are as consistent as the ocean waves, as consistent as the morning dew. He says the reason for it all. He says his blessings are over and over and upon one another so that all of us in the midst of one another are priests, we're experiencing God's blessings together and we get a taste of how it's going to be for all of eternity. World without end. That should be changed. 
life without end. Amen. Everybody. Amen. I'll do it again. Life. I see what you like, Ryan. I see why you do what you do. And also Cornell. That's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. I'm sure I did it absolutely wrong. How do we apply this? Right here is part of it. We recognize we're on this journey together, and we're on this journey together with a lot of followers, brothers and sisters around the globe. I was going to save this for when I was going to do the cup. I'm going to do it right now, just so I don't have more stuff in my pocket. 1994, went to Palawan, Philippines, southern tip of the island. You know what they don't have in Palawan? Grape juice, wine, anything like it. You know what they also don't have? Cups. They all cut off little bamboo, little bamboo cups. And on World Communion Sunday, I'd like to think about them right now. Right? They got this filled with coconut water. And they're going to be gathering around a table. It looks a lot like this. Well, it looks nothing like this. But it looks a lot like this. And they're going to break bread and they're going to drink the cup. We're on this adventure together and we're on this road trip together. We better start getting unified or get out of the car. How else do we apply it? We apply it by, that's not the right page, celebrating victories with brothers and sisters. How was that wedding of your daughter? Pretty good. Did you taste of any of God's blessings? We get that. That spills out onto us. Amy, how do you like Oxford? Did you experience any of God's blessings over there, Amy? I see a theme, <laughs> right, every day. And let's practice. I've already told you this probably a million times on St. Patrick's Day, but his goal and missions wasn't to evangelize, it was actually to be the church. He would get a group of people, much like we have a group of people in this room right now, and say, Corey and Sam, Brian, let's play heaven. Let's play a game called heaven. Let's practice it. Let's love each other like we're gonna for all of eternity. Why not, right? What are you gonna lose? Let's practice it. Let's start tasting that kingdom that is to come here today. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, may it be so. We remain moldable. We remain teachable. 
focus our eyes, focus our attentions on all your blessings and all your goodness and all your wonder, especially the wonder of the, the unity of your body. May it fill us up so that everything else leaves. And all God's people said, as we continue in worship, it's a portion of the service where I invite you to be a part of the event here monetarily. Gifts, tithes, and offerings are now received.
so much. Thank you so much, Terry. Who else wanted to join her in singing that, right? I wish I, wish I wouldn't have, yeah. I, a couple things would have to happen. I would have to have a way better voice, <laughs> and I'd have to know the song. But would you guys put your hands out towards this, and let me pray. God, I just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for how beautiful your body of Christ is, this local outpost PCC. I pray that you would use these gifts, these tithes, these offerings to glorify you. And all God's people said, please stand with me and sing the doxology.
This is World Communion Sunday. Around the world, in cathedrals, in little churches, in storefronts, in huts, people are coming together and sharing in the act of communion, in that sacrament. Their musical instruments may be very varied. The bread they use may be varied. But all come together as the body of Christ, as one in Christ, sharing in their beliefs. So it doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter where we are worshiping. Because in Christ's eyes, we are all one, one child of God. On this World Communion Sunday, we remember Luke's words, people will come from east and west, from north and south, and sit at the table in the kingdom of God. And so we come from down the street, from across the country, from around the world, we come to this table. Would you come now and bring the bread? Our breads from around the world remind us of our rich diversity and yet of our oneness at Christ's table. Would you pray with me? Christ, by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon this table, which is spread around this globe. May all who partake, wherever they live, know the reconciling love of Jesus Christ. May your church go forth from communion with you to be one in Christ, and one in witness to the world. And so may we be one with all who share this feast. On this day, with all your children in every corner of your table, may we share this abundant cup with all those who thirst for justice. May we share this abundant bread with all those who hunger for your righteousness. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us from this table to be the body of Christ in all the world. Send us with a spirit of courage, a spirit of power and love, that we may be witnesses in all creation to the unending story of your word. Keep us faithful and fruitful and hopeful and peaceful until we come at last to the one table of your kingdom to feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm, with you and with your word, through Jesus Christ. Amen. This table is for all of us, near and far, high and low, east and west, north and south. The table is for all of us, but it is not our table. It's not a Presbyterian table. It's not an American table. 
It is God's table for all of us. And it's a table of grace. So come and take your place at the table. You are welcome. You are invited. You are called. Come and share this meal together. Today, clergy in many lands are using the very words that we use, the words of Christ, as they come to the tables and share in this feast. We are all reminded of Christ's word when he said, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat. And acting on his behalf, we invite you to come and take and eat. Christ said, this is my body broken for you for the forgiveness of sins. We invite you now to take and eat. And after I was done doing this, Jesus, in continuation of his transforming the Passover meal, he lifted up the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Used to be the blood over the doorpost. Now it's an outward sign of an inward reality that it's my blood. My blood shed for you. And then Paul later adds the words to the people in Corinth, as often as we. And when he's saying we, he's thinking us in this room, St. Peter's by the sea, the people over in Palawan, people down in Mexico, people all over the globe. As often as we eat of this bread, and drink of this cup, we proclaim that we're a part of the sea, the capital church. And we also proclaim that Jesus has covered our sins. And on top of that, we scream. We scream together with one loud voice. Not actually scream. He's coming back. He's coming back and he's going to take us to that place. Life without end. Everybody, amen, amen. I'm kind of addicted to that now. The cup of Christ, the, the cup of salvation, Christ's blood shed for you. Take, drink. We focused a lot this morning on the global, on the world communion. Our God is big, amen? Amen. But our God is also intimate. He's specific. Would each of you 
grab for your order of worship the green thing you hand, you got handed on the way in. And I'd like us as a church family to specifically lift up these people quietly. And just picture all these all these hands right now just knocking on the doors of heaven on behalf of our family members. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we lift up Kevin. And pray quietly and silent for a couple seconds for Kevin, PCC. Heavenly Father, we lift up your precious Georgina. Great physician, we lift before you, Bev. Oh God, who does not tarry, who does not wait, we lift up Steve. We pray for our sister, our powerhouse, Patty. We pray for Buzz. And his son, Keith. Pray for whoever that Amber Alert's going off for. We pray for Terry. We pray for our sister Pat. We pray for our rhythmic Saint Dusty. And we pause right now and we we lift up those that we know of that aren't on this page that are hurting. Equip and use us. And all God's people said. Somebody's got an order of worship. I do a benediction right now. Okay. I want to thank everybody for joining us for worship. Sit now and receive this benediction. As we enter this month of October together on our journey... May God's face shine upon you. 
May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Let it be so. Amen. Not into temptation, but deliver.